Hello, this is Peter Davison, and you're listening to Discussing Who. What this country really needs right now is a doctor. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, welcome back once again, Nicole. Nicole, how are you? Great, great. Here come the drums, here come the drums. Here come the drums, and here come the drums filled with pollen. Am I right? Oh, oh, oh my God, so much pollen. <laughs> so you are in Georgia, so I just have to ask the question. I know that it feels like a pollen uh, overflow in Mississippi. What is it? What's the weather like in Georgia? It is uh, definitely lots of pollen, green mist everywhere, just floating through the air, chunks of pollen on your car. It almost looks like little pieces of broccoli, though I wouldn't recommend ever eating them. Please mm. don't. Please don't do that. Okay. But yeah, I was even trying to explain to a friend of mine in the UK recently that um, I can't remember the numbers, but like there's a there's a set level that's like high pollen and Atlanta's always like thousands over that. You know, wow. it's like yeah, it's ridiculous. It's because we have so many trees. We're full of trees. The city in the forest. So you were talking about things floating in the air, and I'm going to speculate that there is an event, a celebration coming up on Saturday that would have, I don't know, maybe virtual fireworks, at least on Facebook, perhaps, or balloons or something. What kind of event might be coming up that you could tell us about that's happening this Saturday? Well, I'm going to be waking up. And then I'm going to be going to bed. No, um, sorry. Um, actually, it's going to be my birthday. I'm turning 46, which is crazy. But someone thought I was 25 the other day, so I'm I, I'll I'm okay. So. There you go. Yeah. Well, happy early birthday from all of us. Uh, glad you. you're spending this uh, early part of your birthday week with us. So thanks again. Yeah. Doctor Who for my birthday is always perfect. Yes, indeed it is. And what is also perfect is welcoming back someone who is also in Mississippi here with me, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm listening to funky pop tunes, you know, uh, that have me dancing uh, on on a helicarrier up high. So that's what I've been up to. Ah, Foggy pop tunes, man. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) No, I'm doing good. No sounds of drums. (laughs) No knocking four times. Anything like that. Yeah, just funky pop tunes. That's all. Uh, cool. So any any pollen in in your uh, neck of the woods? But I guess since you're my neck of the woods too, you probably have pollen too, don't you? Yeah. Well, my car is green, no longer black. So I, that, there's that. But otherwise, we're doing pretty good, man. Uh, cool beans. Cool beans. Well. I think, why don't we just go to the state between Georgia and Mississippi, where just so happens to be right now, Lee Shackelford. How are you? (laughs) Hello, Pollen. How are you? I I was in North Carolina where we're not having this pollen attack. Everything was fine. And then I got in the car this morning and drove to Alabama. So, yeah. You just wanted to join us. Well, I guess so, yeah. Wanted to to commiserate. But... Mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Apart from the fact that I can't breathe, I'm I'm fine. 
Yes, it's called medication because I took some. I, we, we're recording right now at the bottom of the hour, and at the top of the hour, I took something to make sure that I could breathe. Uh, well, again. I took I, I took the wrong thing because this is not helping me at all. Yeah, I literally just took Claritin myself. <laughs> That's what I should have done. <laughs> That's what I should have done. So, any, uh, so this anyone episode is brought to you by Claritin. Yes, and for anyone listening, if we're not making any sense throughout the an entire episode. Blame it on our drugs. Don't blame oh, it on us. <laughs> well, I didn't take Benadryl, but that would have been bad. I've been like spacey. Uh, that would have been evil. Save it for the six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Lee, what's been going on with you? Oh, well, um, in Doctor Who news, the, one of the most uh, interesting things for me is that I got a package in the mail that completes my collection. I have a, I have a, uh, I was building a unique collection. I, I was at Gallifrey one of the years when the Fifth Doctor's companions, the actors who played the Fifth Doctor's companions, were all there. So I, I had this photograph, and I, so I got Sarah Sutton to sign it, and Janet Fielding, and Matthew Waterhouse. I, I always almost called him Matthew Broderick. <laughs> who is that would have been somebody else? Patrick. Yeah, that, you you remember when Matthew Broderick was on Doctor Who, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, he was great, Adric. Awesome. Yeah, it was. Wasn't that but, on Adric's in the story? Adric's day off. <laughs> Adric's day off. <laughs> oh yeah, that would have been a good children children in need special. But yeah, um, but they could still do it anyway. But but I didn't have the Fifth Doctor, so lo and behold, I got an autographed photograph uh, in the mail. Uh, Peter Davison, he, he said, you know, for Lee, Peter Davison with a big Roman numeral five on it, which I think is adorable. So, so my collection of the fifth doctor set is complete and wow. I owe it all to you. Yay. 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 Well, you owe it all. Also, I can't take complete credit. I, um, will have to, you know, add Mr. Brown in on the credit there, but I meant y'all. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you. Uh, so uh, and Clarence, you may have to help me out here. So here's our side of that story. So we are at Pensacon. This is the last day we were there, Sunday morning, and we were taking a final stroll around the um, building that's the main, you know, the main, main building. And on the section or the second floor where they have all the named guests, not the vendors or anything like that, not the artists, but the named guests, the celebrities, basically, we're walking around. And this is about the time where the celebrities are about to start arriving. I mean, this was early. And the only reason we're in that early is because, you know, we have the press pass, thankfully. So we're walking oh, yeah. around and – we visit with this extremely nice lady who stopped us and her, she was one of the handlers that was a volunteer at Pensacon and I was wearing our discussing who shirt and she walked up and she was like, Dr. Who, Dr. Who, tell me. And she was wanting to know all the stuff that we were doing. Really extremely, extremely nice lady. She was telling about meeting Peter Capaldi, meeting uh, David Bradley and, you know, just very nice lady. So we meet her. We talk to her five, ten minutes, walk on. And so we're almost ready to decide, hey, what are we going to go do next? And I just kind of looked over there to the side and I look and kind of look back at Clarence and I'm like, Peter Davison, there's the doctor. There's the doctor. 
there's the doctor. And <laughs> he's I, freaking out. Yes, and, and I go into out. fanboy <laughs> mode. <laughs> and literally, <laughs> literally, uh, you know, Clarence is like, go up and, you know, go, you know, go say something to him. And I'm like, blip, 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 blip. <laughs> well done. So, very well done. So literally, I'm starting to kind of like starstruck here for a second because no matter if I've seen other people and whatever, I'm like from here to a couple of feet from Peter Davison, fifth doctor. And I walk back into the room to find the the lady. And I say, Hey, would you go introduce me to Peter Davison? (laughs) Which she was like, sure, come on. So we go up there and I know I asked him several questions. I have no idea what any of those were with the exception of I remembered asking, what was your favorite story that you've done? And Clarence, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe he said it was the caves of Androzani. And uh, that was his favorite story. And again, Clarence, you know, if I'm wrong, you know, say that. I don't remember. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's going to sign a picture for us. And he said, who's, you know, who do you want me to make it out to? And it was a no brainer uh, when he said that it, it was just like all the chips just fell into place. And it was, oh, make it out to Lee. Yay. And Thank you so much. And and the cool thing at the end was he's he does a cool bumper that says, this is Peter Davison. And you're listening to Discussing Who. Uh, I don't believe that part. <laughs> Listen, and you will hear it. Yeah, Cal definitely was freaking out a little bit. A little bit of fanboy moment there. But um, <laughs> I, I think I had my fanboy moment when uh, number six from Battlestar Galactica, Trisha Helfer, walked mere feet behind me and I almost freaked out. And she is indeed beautiful. So that was my freak out moment. <laughs> she is indeed beautiful. And I would dare to say she's almost as tall as you. She's pretty tall. And she had heels yeah. on. So yeah, yeah, that was my impression. Yeah, yeah. about that. That and 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 that in itself, being able to take away a story like that is one of the cool things about being able to go to things like Hulanta or Pensacon or right. Con Costabris or Mississippi or North Carolina or Georgia, what Comic Con, whatever it may be. If you're listening and you have an opportunity to go to one of these type of events, it's those type of stories right there that you can take away from those. Yeah. It's it's worth the price. It's always worth the price. Absolutely, absolutely, and it it gave a good story. So that was um, fun, and I got to involve your wife Karen in the my diabolical scheme to mail it to you, and that was fun too. <laughs> and and Cal still hasn't he still hasn't washed his hands, so uh, yeah, you right. might want to be careful no. if you go to go in for a shake. Yeah, <laughs> I will say this: be glad, Clarence Brown, that that was not. Alex Kingston, because I would have probably have had like a hyperventilation passed mm-hmm. out and started going spoiler, 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 spoiler. So yeah, the second yeah. best river. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Long story on that one. So what now? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I said the second best second river. Best river. Uh, anyway, so anybody <laughs> for our brown coat fans out there? Uh, oh, he oh he knows he knows. Oh. <laughs> Which, just as an FYI, the reason Clarence mentioned that was she was also at um, Pensacon and did a very, very good um, 
you know, panel presentation. Wow. So, Good guys, do, does anybody have – I don't have anything in the news, but does anybody have mm-hmm. anything else before we get started into the review? Nothing's happening. Yeah, it's it's really sad. <laughs> I want something <laughs> to happen. <laughs> well, I do know what did happen, and that might would have been in 2007 – Maybe on the 23rd of June, 2007, on BBC One, something called The Sound of Drums. So why don't we just get into our review? What do you guys say? Do it. Sounds good. All right. So if you have not seen The Sound of Drums, go watch the episode. Put or us heard on, the sound of drums. Or if you've not heard the sound of drums, and if you have heard the sound of drums, ask somebody else if they've heard it too. Because <laughs> if you are the only one that heard it, guess what? You yeah. might be the master. But the master. put us on pause. Go watch the episode. Come back. Because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to review The Sound of Drums. This is the 12th episode of the 2007 series of the British television program we all know as Doctor Who. Again, it first aired on BBC One on the 23rd of June, 2007. So, summary judgment, summary view. Clarence Brown, let's let you go first. What do you say? I had fun with the episode. I really had a lot of fun with it. Um, again, like I'm just carrying on from the last episode we reviewed. I just love seeing Jack Harkness on the adventures with the doctor. I, yeah. I thought that was just a lot of fun and, you know, uh, the master. So, <laughs> all right. Nicole, what say you? Um, you know, mostly I actually enjoyed it better than I thought I would. My memories of it weren't super positive, but I actually tend to prefer it more than part two. Um, spoilers, <laughs> these little spoiler dance. Um, cause I, I really think RTD can do a pretty decent setup, but sometimes doesn't quite do a good part two. But aside from that, um, it actually, it surprised me. I was like, hey, this is actually not bad. There were bits I didn't like. Um, but overall, I, I actually got caught up in it and I forgot to take notes. So I had to like go back. And like, look through the transcript to take notes. All right, Lee, what say ye? I think I'm very much like uh, Nicole on this. That I, uh, well, my version is that I I remember that I hate this three parter. And we saw part one, and I really loved it. And I saw part two, and said, why 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 have I been so mean to this? It's the next episode I don't like. This exactly. we're coming we're coming up on the one I don't like, <laughs> mm, or, or at least at least that's the way I remember it. Now, you know, so I, I may be I haven't watched it, so I may be uh, really pleasantly surprised again. We but, might uh, both get surprised. Well, <laughs> so so we'll keep an open mind, but yeah, hmm. but but yeah. So I, I enjoyed this more than I than I uh, uh, remembered. I had forgotten the uh, uh, like this moment of the U.S. president getting vaporized. Uh, so I kind of jumped out of my chair there for a second and said, yo, I knew something like that happened. I didn't remember it was that. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so he was called president elect. And I was like, that's true. Uh, yes. no, yeah. no, that's not, that's not how that works. And he was kind <laughs> of a jerk. Yeah. yeah. He, was. Yeah, he was trying to be like Bush or something. Was, yeah. He was, yeah. He was just supposed to be America. Yeah. So. <laughs> America. 
Mm. He did keep talking about yeah. God and country and stuff. Right, exactly. And make sure, make sure that make sure this is on my letterhead. And, yeah, taking over this your operation. Yep. <laughs> so, so for me, I, you know, this is if I were to compare this and the finale for series four, or even the finale to series two, I would say that this would be my least favorite of those. That being said. I, I've always liked it. That said, again, I'm curious to hear next week as to what it is in the third part that you didn't like. I'm wondering if it's going to be what I already know that I don't like, but I'm not going to say it now. <laughs> but I, I'm curious, curious to see. Uh, so I'm actually, you know, anticipating now next episode or next week for us. Because I want to find, you know, find that right. out. But yeah, tune into the next pause. discussing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, put, put us on pause. pause go, on hold. Go forward in the future. Go to episode one forty nine. Yeah, and find out and come back yeah. and tell me. Uh, but seriously, I did have fun with it. Um, I like one thing that I like that RTD did, and Moffat did so much more. But RTD people forget, I think, did this too, is lay these little clues and build this payoff that you see in the long game. And Harold Saxon was part of a long game that we didn't per se know until we get to this point. And I thought that was brilliant. But um I think it was an okay second part. I'm not going to say it was great. I'm just going to say... Okay, second part. So let's talk, if you guys don't mind, I want to talk about the master. We've already referred to the master, and I'm curious, and this may be more of a Nicole and Lee question, but I do know that it will also, Clarence, you will have some input because you have also seen another version of the master. But my question is, when we look at this version of the master, how does he rate in regards to our rank, not necessarily rate, but rank in regards to the other masters from Missy all the way back down to Delgado? What do we think? Lee, why don't you take this one first? Mm. I, I, I guess I, I, I know it just sound like a record with a, uh, scratch on it because um I, I keep saying the same thing over and over again on this show so but the the quick version of which is i don't like the master when he's crazy to me cra- uh, just as a writer crazy crazy is not interesting um right. if, if there isn't volition if there isn't intelligence behind it then i don't uh, it uh, but i'll say this episode is is an exception because when somebody's out of control they're capable of anything and this is an episode in which you really feel that the fact that he's insane and he knows he is. I love the big, the two thumbs up, you know, when guy says you're insane. That's the best. Um, it, my son and I used to do that. <laughs> you're insane. <laughs> thumbs up. Yep. Um, and, and, and the world is coming to an end because he's nuts and because he's, 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 uh, what he's capable of doing because there's, there's nobody to stop him. Um, so, so that is genuinely frightening, but I just, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I much prefer. The Delgado, uh, master. Anthony Ainley always thought it seemed like he was very close to being snidely whiplash. And that, that, so I don't, I don't like that either. Roger, you died too young. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm saying. Anyway. Uh, So so what about, what about y'all? 
All right. All right, I got, can I interject yeah, a question please, real quick? Please. So has crazy always been a part of the character going back to classic? No, yeah. that's, that's really my point is mm. that, that that's, that is a, that's something that happens with bringing the master back. Yeah. He's in, basically in like a Moriarty. If that makes any yes, sense. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 He, he is, he is uh, the doctor's intellectual equal. And the, the thing as, as, the original series went along. What I started thinking about the master is that he and the doctor have exactly the same thing. They'd like to see all the peoples of the universe all together, but the doctor would like to see it be our choice. The master would like to see everybody get together under right. his heel. Yeah. Under his choice. <laughs> yeah. Right. Make it yeah. his. Uh, and that's really the only difference. Hmm. But that means the kind of things you're going to do if you're going to try to get everybody under your control. Is very different from what you're going to do if you want everybody to choose to all be together. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. And to me, that's just a lot more interesting. But that's my interpretation. But what about y'all? I'm talking about this too much. Well, I know, like, I, I feel very similarly. Um, I am a I'm a really big Delgado fangirl. <laughs> I'm not going to make any. Bless you. What? Like, yeah, I love him so much. And it's kind of he's kind of hard to follow. Um, I love Missy too, by the way, but Delgado is Thank still you. in my heart. Um, <laughs> but I feel like this version of the master is kind of, he's almost like a cartoon villain. And I feel like it's like all the nuance of his character is sort of stripped out. And um, while I think that Anthony Ainley certainly kind of was in the sort of camp um, mustache twirly occasionally, I still feel like he had more depth than this character true and true. i i just felt like because he was so insane and manic it just i was like what what has happened i mean i maybe it was the time war or whatever but it just that's not i like the master that's two steps ahead of the doctor who's just kind of you know kind of having to make the doctor like really think and work really hard to to you know stop him not the one that's just so crazy he's doing everything and i just i don't know i i forgot how much i didn't like him until he was on and i was like oh god you know and i'm definitely with lee like had it stayed Derek jacoby i would have been like so into that because like oh my god and yeah he is in scream of the shulka by the way but he's a robot oh, yeah, that's right <laughs> yeah so but, yeah yeah so it's not <laughs> quite the same but um yeah i just I don't know. I mean, even, gosh, even like the Peter Pratt or Jeffrey Beavers masters that were <laughs> crispy masters, they even were more exciting to me yeah. than this one. Yeah. So, yeah, I I rank him pretty low. I mean, not as low as Eric Roberts, because that was the ooh, lowest. That was pretty low. Yeah. He just but he's, he's right above. He's probably right above Eric Roberts for me, uh, to be totally honest. Poor John yeah. Sam. I mean, he seems like a great guy. <laughs> Sorry. Well, but. and then he, yeah, and then he went on record being scornful of Whovians who wouldn't leave him alone. So like, right. oh, good. I already didn't like you. And I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's funny you guys talking about him being maybe um, you you would love to see the master be more calculated and more equal to the doctor. Because I kind of feel that from John Sims' master, but it's just like his, how he cho chooses to portray himself is what makes him feel zany and yeah. different. 
because he does some very um, cool things in this episode, which we found out he's been doing for the last 18 months, that are very calculated and somewhat maniacal. But he does take it <laughs> uh, a little bit too crazy by the end. So I don't know. I do feel like he's calculated, but maybe it's just like how he's showing it on screen that takes you out of it. Yeah, I think uh, th- he does a lot for shock value. Right. Like, that, there's, there's a lot I of think things. That's like, it. Yeah, like when he gasses the entire chamber, like, he didn't really need to do that, but he <laughs> wants to do something big and, and make a statement. And, you know, mm. he's, he's trying to, like, I don't know. I don't want, to, it's like the evil way of showing off, you know, it's just it's, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And getting in, in conversation with the president of, yeah, you know, the president elect of the United yes. States and acting like he's 11 years old. You know? Right. I, 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 I get it, you know, but everybody else is being put off from the truth, which is how, of how dangerous he is. And, and right. so I, I get that as a tactic, but I just find it annoying. And, and the sidebar before. Uh, absolutely. That's right. Old, but that's, that's the yeah. second doctor's whole thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I, it's, I feel like it's a cultural trend that these, that these are what our supervillains are supposed to be like. It's, I think this is what, um, bugs Kyle so much about, um, Lex Luthor in that uh, movie whose name we do not speak. <laughs> and, and I'm right there with and you. The, and, and the Joker and then, too. He kind of has exactly. this very Joker sort of thing about him. And then the, then when, uh, uh, the BBC to their, their Sherlock and they introduced their Moriarty. It's Andrew Scott oh, doing God. the same shtick. And I thought, yeah. please, that's not Moriarty. Stop it. Oh no. I, so maybe it's just me. No, it's, it's not just you. Trust me. <laughs> so, so I have a hypothesis here and, you know, Clarence made a very good point that there is a lot of things that the John Sam master does here that is calculated that yes, there are some zaniness things that he does, but there are a lot of calculated things that he does over as a long game using that phrase again to make himself prime minister to get himself situated. So he did have patience and he did move chess pieces in certain ways to get to where he was. My hypothesis is we're reviewing this, yes, as an episode in in and of itself, but also with the background in the back of our head knowledge of John Sims coming back, spoiler warning, in the end of time. And for me, this version of John Sim Master I had no problem with John Sam master in the end of time irritated oh, oh. me. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, when, when he's leaking Artron energy everywhere, yes. flying yes, no. everywhere and eating yeah. people, you know, oh, right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. The, no, I just thought, wow, I didn't think I could hate this uh, incarnation of the master anymore. And I was wrong. <laughs> so let me ask you this. When, when we see again, spoiler, when we mm. see John Sam return, and series 10 for, for, you know, two episodes or one point and an end episode. <laughs> I found a different version of this master then because he seemed a lot more diabolical, a lot more cunning at that point. What did, you, what do you guys think? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, they say in, in, in a way the John Sim master was written kind of manically to match the 10th doctor's manic behavior. And so I'm wondering if he just sort of matches his energy 
to the doctor because he's like obsessed with the doctor like a lot. And so he probably toned it down a little bit. And I, I don't know. Personally, I think Stephen Moffat's a better writer. So maybe it's part of that, but, but also, I don't know. I just think maybe they just toned him down a little. And a lot of the manic stuff is putting on an act. And so he just, Missy was like, yo, tone it down, you know, and, and just maybe, I don't know. He was so much better in series 10 to me. Like I, I was surprised. I'm like, when he came in, like I heard he was going to be on it. I thought, Oh God, no. But no, I think it's great. Clarence, what do you uh, think? I don't know. I, I think I, I do get a slight sense of the flair for, for the dramatic in that series as well, because I'm thinking to the scene where Bill is watching the doctor, them, uh, doctor and crew, uh, go by in very slow speed. And, you know, he's just looking at her, looking at this and, <laughs> and knowing all the backstory. And then as well, you got to think about the whole thing of the, the, uh, Cybermen and how zany ish they kind of made that whole chop up scene when they're creating the Cybermen. I don't know. And, and the reveal as well. So I don't, I felt the same vibe a little bit, just slightly less reserved. Hmm. Cole. Lee? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, now that you're saying it, I, I'm, yeah, we, we were just, um, saying, uh, like, um, this doctor likes the over elaborate <laughs> plan, you know, like gassing everybody in the cabinet and things like that and being in the same room while he does it. Um, but yeah, um, he's also re- now, now we know where he's responsible. Spoiler. <laughs> He's responsible for the original Cybermen, for God's sake. Uh, and, and he has this whole costume, which I guess is just to, to prolong messing with Bill. Yeah. Right. But the Delgado master liked to do that. Well, actually, so did Ainley's master. He well, did as well. Yeah. So, so maybe that has been a... He likes costumes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, and children's television. I do. I love the fact oh, that we, yeah. we shouted out to that again. So that, yeah. that, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> he was super into the Teletubbies there. Yeah. I so I want to get back and let's talk a little bit about his alter ego since we talked about him watching television. Mm. We see Harold Saxon and part of this diabolical maniacal plan that he has come up with is to insinuate himself and be elected as prime minister. I am not trying to get political here, but I thought, especially with the cameos that they did with the uh, Sharon Osbourne saying, uh, you know, something like he can check my box anytime or something right. to that effect. I'm, I can't help but see, and I know, you know, it's just nothing more than circumstantial, um, watching, considering current events, but it's interesting how, and we've said this on this show before, how at different times your interpretation, because of what's going on in the real world, reflects itself in a different way when you watch something years and years later. Yeah. You know, I mean, the way he treats Tish is like, you know, (laughs) it's like somebody else. (laughs) Currently, yes. you know, like, I'll oh, just stand there and look pretty, you know, and it's like, Ugh. yeah, that was cringe. <laughs> and, and things like that couldn't happen when the, you know, Me Too movement, you know, that would have been that it, that was OK then. But now I don't think that would be OK um, or shouldn't be OK, depending yeah. on. 
Well, I, and I don't think we're ever supposed to have thought that was okay. But, um, yeah, now, now instead of our being just uh, creeped out by it, now it just seems familiar. And, yeah, we, we weren't expecting that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I was watching this and thinking a lot of the same things, thinking, wow, <laughs> yeah, w- this was a fantasy in 2006 when we were watching this. Yep, exactly. So I have a question or an opinion, and Clarence, I'm going to post this one to you. There is Vivian, her, the character's name was Vivian Rook, and she was with the Sunday Mirror. She goes to Lucy yeah. and says, you know, well, first she seems like a gossip columnist trying to get Tish out of the room, and then she goes on into this big, uh, elaborate breakdown of, you know, how Harold Saxon is not who he appears to be. So, Clarence, what do you think? Did it make sense that she went to the wife? What did you think of that? Um, they mentioned that maybe the perception filter that we come to find is a perception filter thing is it may be breaking down with her or the wife mentions that it might be um, breaking down. I, I don't know. I like investigative journalism. And to me, that's what this was. She was just um, going all the way with her story to try to figure out what's going on. And um, maybe she thought the wife didn't know, but as we find out, that wasn't the case. Mm. What, what do you think, Lee? I, this is one of the things of the writing of this episode that I really admired. Sometimes you got to do an info dump. Sometimes you got to catch the audience up with all the backstory of what's happened off screen. And there's a lot that's happened off screen, 18 months worth of stuff. What a brilliant way of getting to that, I thought. Okay, cool. Cool point from, from a writing perspective. Love that. Yeah. Nicole, what do you think? Yeah, I think she's a very interesting character, especially because she has a whole thing set up that, you know, if she dies, it gets sent to Torchwood. So it kind of almost makes you wonder, is she like in league with Torchwood in some way? Maybe she got some of her information via Torchwood. Um, I don't know. It is interesting. I don't know. Like, I guess the reason that she went to Lucy was just maybe worrying that another woman is in danger. I mean, I could mm-hmm. see that, you know, from a female perspective, just kind of being like, oh, man, she doesn't know that she's with this monster, potentially. You know, maybe I should warn her. Um, that never really works out. You know, if you go to somebody who's in an yeah. abusive relationship, you know, they're yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. But, um <laughs> You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe she thought she could get some information out of Lucy. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure she did not think she was going to die, especially by the Taclophane. But, um, yeah, it is a very interesting scene. But as Lee said, it, it's a good info dump between, it's got that and you're going back and forth between that and at Martha's apartment and you're getting all this information and it's all coming at you, but it's not, it doesn't feel awkward. Mm. It just makes sense. So. Well, for me, the first time I watched it, I saw her nothing more as this is a nosy reporter that is doing what nosy reporters do. And I'm not saying bad to be nosy as a reporter. You need to be nosy. It is their job. Yeah, it's their job. (laughs) But that being said, this time I watched it and I'm thinking maybe more from a reviewer point of view, looking at it and going, If you were going to send it to Torchwood and you know how to send something to to Torchwood, why didn't you send all that information to Torchwood to begin with? That just seemed kind of odd. But if you go from the storyline point 
that you said from a writing, you need to dump this information to the audience. That's why she went to Lucy. Yeah, for for, for story purposes. But yeah, inside the story, am I are, are my allergy meds messing with my head now? Because I, I'm not. I, I'm, it's like I'm half remembering some from something from the episode, and I just watched it last night. Uh, isn't there a message or something that we see later? She was. Yeah, she, it she, automatically she, sends. Yeah. And it, it was going to Jack. Is that? Yeah, I went to Torchwood because uh, that's when the, he has to tell the doctor, oh, by the way, I resurrected Torchwood. Which is an awkward oh, scene. That's too. right, right, right. But, yeah. yeah. No, we're we're on on your side now. Yeah. Yeah, because right. it said it was something. I think she says something like, "If I don't return to my desk by this day or time, yeah. this automatically will send to you." And it had attached files that had all the information about Saxon. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, I think you lead with that on your interview when you're going into a dangerous situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you kill me, I got some backup. Yeah. Right. This, you're right. Say that as you're coming into the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially when he's standing there, even after that, why didn't she say, if you do something to me, this is going to Torchwood? I guess he I knew guess the Torchwood. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he sent yep. them off in the Himalayas or somewhere, so maybe right. he didn't, yep. didn't care. <laughs> right. Mm. Speaking, Clarence, of sp- sending people off somewhere, what did you think of sending uh, her parents and sister into custody? What did you think of that? Oh, man, I loved Martha's reaction to mm. that whole thing. Yes. Um, I do what I like. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because the doctor tries to stop her and she's just like, nope, I, I gotta, you know, see what my family is, is up to and see if they're safe. So I just love that whole situation and especially the dad breaking protocol and being like, you know, this is a sham. <laughs> Don't come here. Uh, we're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that the, the dad took that on himself to, to, to make that decision to, to let her know. I thought that was great. And that's like their family. They're fun. <laughs> you know, I said last week, you made a comment that, you know, Martha had not had the strongest arc. And I commented back saying, I think over the next two episodes, your opinion is going to start changing. So has your opinion just in seeing this episode changed about Martha's arc in general? Uh, maybe I made the wrong statement last week. I didn't, I didn't mean that her arcs weren't the strongest. I meant maybe more so of her significance as this all powerful <laughs> companion about the end of things wasn't as great. Gotcha. That, that's kind of, yeah, gotcha. because, because you think what happens to Clara, or even what happens to, uh, to Rose and, you know, and they're like on a different level almost yeah. at, at some points in their journey. And uh, she doesn't really see the same height, I don't think. But yes, he does have some very good arcs. And I love Martha as a character, though. So, um, yeah. And apparently that was Freema stunt driving in the car. So, like, David and uh, John Berriman were like, oh, God. (laughs) Oh, really? And that car was small, too. Yeah. Yeah, they had another guy, too, a stunt guy next to John Berriman in the back upside down. Like, because he was setting off the... When the glass would explode, you know, when the car got shot, supposedly, like it would break the glass. And so he had to be like basically in the wheel well, just kind of like <laughs> setting stuff off. That's, cool. That's how you do it. Yep. 
So, so Lee, a question for you. Clarence brought up a good point, which was, you know, all of our other companions have reached some type of almost in some ways, uh, a deity in some ways, mm-hmm. uh, type so you mean of like being the bad wolf. Yes. And- the impossible girl and the most important woman in the Dr. universe. Donna, or, yes. the Dr. Donna, right? Yeah. But, but, yeah. but Martha in her arc of leaving the way she did, it's so classic companion, is it not? That's right. It is, it is like a return to form. Yeah. And it's like, this is, this is, this is how people used to leave <laughs> instead of being transmuted to godhood or marooned in a parallel universe. Right. So. And she doesn't need like supernatural intervention to do what she does. I mean, we're going to go into this a lot more next episode because she does something massive in the next episode for a year. And and not anybody could have done that. And to just downplay that because she didn't get, uh, you know, the TARDIS inside. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, I don't know. That was pretty yeah. yeah. And I, I, when you said that last week, Kyle, I assume that's where you're going. Was this last, this next, the episode we'll talk about next week. Right. Because, right. Exactly. Cause, cause I'm with Nicole a hundred percent. This is the awesomeness of Martha. Martha yeah. saves the freaking world by herself. So yeah, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> but, but before we get to her saving the world, we see, and it's funny that one of you said, uh, and, and it was either you or, it, Lee or Clarence, one of the two of you that said something about they were on the helicarrier. And even then, I, I don't, I had, you know, of course was reading the comics. I, I, <laughs> I said, Oh, that's the helicarrier. <laughs> yep. That's, I remember that I moment too. Like I said, cloud base. It always reminds me of cloud base from Captain Scarlet. Do you remember that? The, yeah. But yeah. And that too, I think is, uh, is borrowed from. Nick Fury, Agents of Shield, because right. so, that's that's where we got that first. In the we need like a crossover of all three of them. Well, th- I think that's what I thought when we saw uh, this um, this helicarrier in uh, you, um, the Sound of Drums. I said, "Oh, yeah. we're, we're having a crossover with Shield." Yes, <laughs> hooray! So I have a question for you guys, and, and you know, we 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 see. At the end of this episode, the master has created this paradox machine and he's basically going to take over the world as he's saying it or take over the universe and wage war on the universe. But to, before he does that, he ages David Tennant's doctor, specifically the look that we see in this episode. What did you guys think of that? prosthetic or how they made him look as old doctor. What did you guys think of that? I was just admiring that again last night. I know I've done just enough special makeup to know how really, really, really hard this is. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was splendid. And the camera is two inches from away from it. It's, I think it's really, really good. Yeah. They worked really hard on that. Cause like his makeup that they did in um, family and blood was kind of, I don't want to say a rush job, but it was only for like a quick bit on film. But with right. this, they had and he's to, not going to move. Yeah, they had yeah. to um, do some uh, a lot more work with it. And yeah. um, they kept his eyes again, which I know before they said they wanted to keep his eyes because he is such um, his eyes are so expressive and they didn't want to like put cataract contacts in or whatever. But 
Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Apparently, he was, you know, in the scene where he's sort of whispering to to Martha, which we don't know what he says, um, or we find out later. But um, apparently, he was saying all these dirty old men man things to Freema. And he kept making her laugh. And she's like, stop, you know, I'm trying to act all sad, you know. And he was just being like a dirty old man, apparently. So, I mean, in a fun way, not in an yes, right. actual creepy way. <laughs> not, not in a way that would actually harm her. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, exactly. Right. So how old did the doctor get aged? Did, did Saxon say it in that moment? Is it 150 years? He said 100. Yeah. Mm. But it's clearly 100 years of his perceived life right <laughs> it makes yeah. him 130 and not a thousand yeah because uh, he's way older than that right yeah so. yeah so so that kind of makes the i kind of equate the difference in look from this and um uh human age second part of human age you just say that i can't remember a family the family blood yeah to me that makes the difference uh, uh make sense because in the other one that would have been his natural human age of what we said i think we said like 60 something before and yeah. then now he's like a hundred figured out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So he does, does look w- way worse in this one. Uh, better effects, but older, of course. Uh, so to me, that's how I kind of equate the difference in the look there. Uh, but it is very well done though. And he had to do that weird dance when he's like getting aged up, which oh, yeah. <laughs> is very awkward. Well, another effect, yeah. Another effect that I've never liked. And, and, uh, and we came to associate that with the master. We'll see it again. Again later, and I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's just fast thing. Uh huh. I, well, I don't like it. Don't le- like it. Well, let me say this. Uh, he's redanced. You don't like it. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, let me say this. I will say that his next incarnation, his next body regeneration has a better lifespan age wise as far as aging goes. Because if we'll remember, he spent, I think, at one point that we see him 300 years and he only has gray hair. And then I believe it's 700 years <laughs> yeah. and he, he looks like Hartnell almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, um, he, he's, he's a lot more long lived in his next body. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> you had to do the math, didn't you? I did. Yes. <laughs> you know me quite well. So, what I also know, other than me quite well, is I want to know, are there any other points that we've not covered for this episode that we have not mentioned? And ladies first, Nicole, any other points that you would like to mention? Um, well, the big one that and this is what kind of brings the episode down for me is like the doctor's really harsh with Martha throughout this episode. Like he's always yelling at her and like. I mean, I, she's understandably under stress if her parents and, and sister are, have been taken into custody and everything. And the, the perception filter thing, like, makes me so mad. The first time I ever saw that, I had to turn off the TV <sighs> and walk away for a minute because I was like, so why? Rude. I so mean, rude. like, they should be past that by now. They've gone through all kind of stuff, even if he's not attracted to her back. You don't talk to somebody like that. And he can't be like, well, he's a doctor. He doesn't know human feelings. No, he knows better. He knows better. I mean, that was just rude. I hate that part. Like a lot. 
Also, I did make a note when they all three put on their perception filters. How do they see each other? <laughs> like when they're walking through town. You have to hold hands. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was really good. <laughs> I thought, okay, point. I thought if you knew that person was there, cause they weren't invisible, if I remember how they described it, but it made you almost not want to see it. So yeah, if you, you want wanted to look at them cause you knew they were with you and you needed them, then that broke the per- perception filter, not wanting to see rule, maybe. Yeah. It's Something just, like that. It's kind of fuzzy, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just amused me. I was like, how do they see each other? (laughs) (laughs) But a good way to explain it for the audience to be able to see them and not have to do some type of weird, probably expensive type of making them look kind of shimmery or something throughout the episode. Yeah, Yeah, because that would be awkward and expensive. Indeed. All right, Lee, what about you? Uh, no, I, I don't think I have anything else uh, to add about this. I, I, as we were talking, we were talking about um, Mrs. Saxon, and I, I think that's the other thing that struck me this time. I'd forgotten that it's like a story point that she is her job is to be pretty and rock stupid. Yeah, uh, <laughs> mm, just uh, almost like a first lady. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, that, oh, come ooh, on, girl. Yeah, I said any. I didn't any. specify. We've we've had lots of brilliant first ladies. Oh, yes, we've had say, yeah, we've yeah. had many brilliant first right. ladies. Yeah, and so are the prime ministers. Yeah, yes, but anyway, but I just, I it's interesting to to make that a choice for a character, and it'll be even though I know what's going to happen. It's it'd be interesting to see where this leads. You know, in the next episode, it's just like, so is this it? She's just going to stand there. Yeah, yeah, stand and yeah. look pretty, and uh-huh. eat jelly babies. Because remember, and yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jelly yeah. Babies, so, I, yeah. so Clarence, any notes that you had? Uh, I'll bring up, and this is kind of a current event, I guess, is that the U.S. just kind of refuses to let this Chinese company called Huawei um, be a part of our 5G expansion here in the U.S. and the Archangel Mobile Network which is what we find is kind of um, relaying this signal around the world, it is, is kind of reminding me of Huawei uh-huh. and how the U.S. doesn't want them in, uh, doesn't want them over here in, in our expansion of 5G. So, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> this, this kind wow. of relates. <laughs> yeah. No, it God, absolutely this, relates. This is so, so prescient in so many ways, isn't it? It's, that's amazing. Yeah. And on top of that, we were talking about the the – old master of old, meaning classic masters and the mind control. Let's not forget Ooh. that the, the way that we find out that the master is controlling people, making them vote for him is mind control. Right. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. But the thing that, that made my flesh crawl watching it this time was that the other thing that he does is tell people what they want to hear. And um, everybody just loves him. They find him charming, yeah. even though when they try to think about what he actually said, it actually doesn't make any sense. Right. I said, <laughs> like holy crap. Sort of thing. Right. But you, you, you don't need any uh, sci-fi or magic to, to do that. That's no. actually you can do that in the real world. You, you you can say total crap and people go, wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do that all the time, you know, I don't get the wows, but <laughs> that's I how you make it work. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have to, I have a confession. 
I did not know at first, you know, that whole like the drum beat, the da 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 da. I didn't connect that with the theme for the longest time. <laughs> and then like one day someone said that like a, year, a few years after the episode aired. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so it's yeah, right in front of me. And I didn't yeah. notice. The, what was up with that dance number and that pop song near the that's reveal at the end? Like, what was what was that? Oh, I hated that part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then his wife dances to it. I'm like, no, yeah. just no. Uh, oh, I did also want to mention the um, we mentioned Torchwood earlier, but there's this one point where Jack says that he just want to, since he had this perception thing on, he just wants to go up and break Saxon's neck. Uh, then a doctor just says, Torchwood. yeah, he really hates Torchwood, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, because of yeah. Doomsday. Yeah. yeah. It took his robes away. But it's also like, that's not a bad idea. You know? I mean, I can, <laughs> you kind of have a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I remember when they said that this was going to be named Torchwood, I remember thinking, oh, they're putting Jack in charge of a bad organization, really? Mm-hmm. You know, that just felt weird. Yeah, yeah I wondered that, too, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and by the way, speaking of such things, uh, I just listened to our last episode um, on my drive today since uh, Kyle uh, had gotten it up on the feed so quickly. And, um, and there was me complaining about um, Professor Yana. If I'm going to complain about the fact that the guy's name is You Are Not Alone and that I think that's really unlikely and doesn't make any story logic, then I, the fact that Torchwood is an anagram of Doctor Who <laughs> – yeah, <laughs> and and I don't mind that. Just shows that I'm being inconsistent. <laughs> so I guess yeah. you can't have it both ways. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's the title of the show in the in Torchwood, but anyway, mm. was was that the original intent of uh, the name? Was it strictly created off of that, or was it kind of something yep. a realization that happened later? <laughs> yeah, people that were doing uh, either auditions or like secret, um, you know, where they're reading the script sort of thing. It was it said Torchwood yeah, well, on there. Code words. They, they would have like code words for the thing. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So, Lee, to comment on your professor, Yana, I do remember a very wise gentleman once said, and I think he was a guest on this show one time, or maybe even more than frequently than a guest but this yeah, wise this, coming. <laughs> this wise wise gentleman said and if i remember correctly he said something to the effect of what really didn't make sense to him was when a story or a writer did not give a reason or did not explain something but as no. long as he had that explanation he was okay right embrace the okay yeah so he but was the wise. fact that he's called Yana isn't explained. That's an example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> All it takes is a single line of dialogue to explain why he's called that. And it, yeah. yeah, but Kyle explained fair. it. That's good enough. Uh, <laughs> no. 
Maybe in some circles, sir. <laughs> Come on, Nicole. You got to take up for me. Saying. I don't know. We'll take a poll. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Uh, Saxon does the Thanos thing, but 10% instead of 50%. So I, I like that oh, as well. True. Yeah. I love that he does. He says decimate Decim- and uses it correctly. That got me very excited. Right. We, we often use decimate in a very uh, casual way, but yeah, he literally decimates the earth. So. Oh, one thing I just noticed I did have on my notes. Um, I don't know if you guys recently went to the cinema to watch Logopolis. Um, I no. hadn't seen it in like a long time. Mm-hmm. And I forgot. And it, it, tw- I, it twigged me when I watched it. So I verified uh, before we came on. But in Logopolis, when the master's making a speech over the, you know, the satellite thing, he says, peoples of the universe, please attend carefully. And then in this one, he says, people of Earth, please attend carefully. And I'm like, oh, that's good. That's probably not a coincidence. No, probably not. But I love that they nice. did that little callback. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because you're right. I mean, they, they got the jelly babies. He, he's, he does the, uh, the little thing. And he watches the kids' TV. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a script that's very aware of the classic series. Um, does the TARDIS shrink in Logopolis? I'm sorry, I searched some screenshots. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, <laughs> it's very small. Um, I need to watch this. Yep. Speaking we, of... We won't see that again until uh, Flatline, yeah. Speaking of uh, watching classic, kind of be thinking, and if anyone listening has a suggestion, please send us an email. You can email us at... Um, host at discussingnetwork.com. You can go to our Facebook page, which is at facebook.com slash discussing who, or you can find us on Twitter at discussing who send us a message. And if there is a classic doctor who that you would like for us to review that we have not already reviewed, send that to us and let us know because I would love to do after we finish series three and before we get into series four, I would like to do a review of a classic story. So if anyone has any suggestions that's listening, please send those in. So you know, shut up. K9 and company, because I always make people watch K9 and company. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it has Sarah Jane. That's all I'm I saying. love it. I love it. It does. Oh, my goodness. It makes me happy, okay? Uh, hey, Sarah Jane makes me happy, too. So there you go. <laughs> sure, <I'm> yeah. <laughs> well, and I was I was going to suggest Shada, which uh, has uh, yeah. Romana. Right. But, and they um, have the new – well, they have the multiple versions. I mean, yes. out. And, so. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I just watched that, so that's why it's on my mind. Ah. I, it's, it's uh, yeah, the uh, the regenerated Shada. I'd, I'd love for us all to watch that and talk about it. But. Uh, Chris Fenric is my favorite, so if you ever want to see oh. Chris Fenric, I'm I'm there for that. Oh yeah, and I would uh, I would not mind doing the oh oh the war games would be like a marathon, oh, but my uh, God. but but I but I wouldn't thing. mind doing um, Genesis of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Which I just watched again, and my golly, is that a great serial? I I think I had forgotten how good it is. Mm. So, yeah. And it might be even, well, if someone sends something in, you know, we may go with that, but it might be timely considering series four. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, good point. Yeah. So Genesis of the Daleks has my favorite cliffhanger in all of Classico. I'll tell you that. So, ah, cool. 
All right, so why don't we give our final reviews for this episode alone, not the entire story, but for this episode. And, Lee, why don't we start with you this time? I'm going to give this one a four. Just four. Just four. Fantastic. Cool. Uh, (laughs) All right, Nicole. I I think I've thought about this for a while. I think I'm going to give it a three. Um, there's some parts that are definitely very entertaining, but there's others that just really great on me. Um, but I will say Martha's really strong in it, and I love that she stands up to the doctor a few times. I'm do what I like. That. Yeah, I love that part so much. I do miss the tissue compression eliminator. I mean, the, the laser screwdriver is not the same. And I'm not sure I'd recommend this episode. I don't know. And And honestly, that's probably... Partially because I'm thinking of the next one. But um, I think overall, I'm going to go with a three. All right. Mr. Brown, Clarence, what say you? I'm torn. I'm really torn. Uh, I think I'm going to go a four one on the merits of Captain Jack being in this episode, as well as I think Martha uh, has to do a lot emotionally in this episode. Um, uh, portraying the anguish of her parents being caught. Uh, I, I really liked her uh, acting in this episode. And I thought she just looked fabulous in this episode as well. Uh, oh, <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with four one for it. Yeah. All right, I am going to go, and since this is a number that is used in Doctor Who, but is also used all over the uh, sci-fi genre, I'm going to give it a four point two or forty two, and say that I agree with everything you guys just said. I think that this will be a higher rated episode. I don't know. We'll see when we get there. Then I will rate next one. But yes, I did like how Martha looked. I actually think she looks better with her hair down. I know that's, uh, you know, yeah. very shallow, but I say she looks better with her hair down. That being said, I don't like the pineapple hair that she uh, has. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, now that you've said that, I can't unsee it in my mind. <laughs> I, <laughs> I say that out of love. I say that out of love. Sure, yeah, but I, ne- I never, th- I never thought of it before. <laughs> I just remember being happy that the master was back because mm. this was the first time I had seen, other than watching old episodes, this was the first time I had seen the master live as I was watching it. So mm. that's that said, I'm going to give it a four point two. Kyle, quick question, man. Like, how do you feel John Sims' master is different from from Missy? Missy Because I feel like they have a lot of the same traits. Missy was a very good question, actually. Mm -hmm, It is. Uh, Because you're making me validate Missy. Missy, (laughs) Missy was, Missy was, oh, wow. Um, Missy had a heart. And this, this one didn't. It's black, but yeah, she's, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, but, but no, seriously, if you go and, and you look at the arc of Missy, Missy went from oh, being, well, yes. you know, the insane Mary Poppins mm-hmm. to standing with the doctor, whether she got there or not, she made the decisions, a decision that no master who had come before her that we know about had ever done. And I think that is the difference in she had a heart and she had a conscience that the doctor was actually able to reach and accomplish, whether he knows it or not. 
or she knows it or not now, uh, he was actually able to reach this version and actually, you know, make a difference with this version. And that was something that John Sims master who was there with her at the time right. did not have. Yeah. Yeah. And we even see the doctor pleading his case, you know, to both of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very, very, you, 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 like, I think she starts out very similar, you know, to the Sim master, but then, yeah, her trajectory is very different. Yeah. But, but brilliant question. Cause I actually had to struggle there for a minute to, um, find a, what I thought was a good answer. What do you, uh, Lee, I, I just heard from Nicole. Do you agree? I, it, that is a great, that is a great, great question. And I know we're, we're way, way ahead of ourselves in, in the timeline here. But, but w- what I was thinking was that John Sims master is very internal. He's amusing himself and doesn't seem to care what other people think of him. But Missy was very aware of her presence. She's very aware. She seems very aware of what she looks like and she enjoys toying with people, but she seems interested in what other people think of her too. And I, I think that's very interesting that somehow, um, in this, after this regeneration, she's, um, she's more external than, than he was. Which I, I don't know. Mm. I, that's just, that's just off the top of my okay. she's more head. nostalgic, I think for the doctor. Yeah. And, you know, their relationship from when they were young. I mean, I feel like every master's oh, had that to some extent. But They she talk about like, it, yeah. Yeah, mm. I feel like she's gotten to a point where she's like, I just really miss the doctor. I want mm. to be close to him. Because mm. I feel like the master always does stuff to try to get the doctor's attention and try to get the doctor's interest. Well, um, whether that's romantic or not, you know, I know yeah. a lot of people ship them. but yeah. um, And always have. <laughs> right. And. Yeah. But the, I feel like Missy like really leans hard into that where she just really wants him back in her life, her, her, wants the doctor in whatever shape back in, you know. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to say this. I, and then I'll let you guys say where you can be found on the internet, (laughs) which is Missy had much, much, better or that's not actually her manners were so much better than that than the sims version of the master she had uh so much better manners case in point she would not kill you unless before she did you said something nice yeah there you go (sighs) yeah that's that's the kind of thing i'm talking about though i i I don't know it's it's a vague point (laughs) couldn't resist Oh, I couldn't resist. Now I want to back up in time because I realized that before we, when you, when you asked, do we have anything else to talk about in the episode? I, 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 I completely forgot. This episode gives us the origin of the master. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yes. Yeah, that, which is amazing. Which is awesome. Year. I don't know if you guys know that that kid William Hughes, yeah, that mm-hmm. him as a kid, uh-huh. um, he died last year. That's yes. right. I remember oh. reading that. Yeah, yeah. He was only twenty. He died on vacation in Greece. Very weird. Same. Yeah. yeah, and he played on another. He played a character on another show that I know Clarence and I watch. I'm not sure about the other two of you. He played young Hodor on uh, Game of Thrones. Hmm. Oh, huh. So another I, Doctor Who Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. So There's only 12 actors in England. I mean, come on. Mm, you know. 
That's why they're all in Harry Potter, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So, Lee, if someone were looking on the Internet and would like to find you, where else might they find you? I want to point people to the uh, homepage for my radio drama serial Relativity, which is at RelativityPodcast.com. The episode that uh, goes out tomorrow as we're recording this features Clarence Brown prominently hunkered down from a hurricane. <laughs> which only makes sense to people who've been listening to the show, but yes. he is anyway. So other than Relativity Clarence Brown, where else might people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find out any other thing I'm doing by going to DiscussingNetwork.com, where you can find links to all of our other various podcasts. Right. DiscussingNetwork.com. Yeah. Excellent. And Nicole, what about you? Well, let's see. You could Google me, but you might find some really embarrassing fan fiction, so I wouldn't do that. Um, if you want to find me talking about Doctor Who – you can find me at my podcast website, which is at terminus.libsen.com or on Twitter at terminuscast. Um, I'm on a bit of a hiatus, but I have several episodes you can go back and listen to. And, and I talk a lot about Doctor Who on them, um, being a Doctor Who podcast. And, uh, I'm, uh, yeah. So if you like Doctor Who, I would think you might like the podcast. I don't know. Good deal. Good deal. Well, awkward. That's me. Cool. Hey, I, hey, let me hop in on that and say that I've actually read some of this uh, fan fiction of which she speaks, and and I found the story that I read very, very touching. Just a really lovely piece of writing. So, so don't oh. don't let don't let her put you off. Oh, so, oh, that was I'm cool. Blessed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had the opportunity last week to. Uh, be a guest on the Earth Station One podcast. They were talking about the career, or we were talking about the career of John Byrne, who is a legendary comic book inker, writer, artist. Uh, most notably, I would say he's known for Superman, Wonder Woman, and Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four. and yeah. X-Men. So Created the Alpha Flight? Yes, and created yeah. Alpha Flight. Had a yeah. ball doing that. Thank you again for the folks at Earth Station One for inviting me on. I had a a lot of fun doing that. So, you know, please check that out. And if you would like to check out our Patreon, please do so. You can do that at patreon.com slash discussing network. So thank you everyone for listening. We are glad that you decided to join us for this episode and we will be back next time to finish up this three part story. So, again, thank you for listening, and we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors 
actors you know and love. Wonderful voices. Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?